welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for property investors to come and build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. If you want to find out more about that, head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk where you will find some really awesome information to get you started. Today, I have another incredible guest and I have been so excited about this conversation because it's right up my street. Um, I've got Louise Cartwright, who is a high performance and money coach with me. Hi, Louise. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Great. So one of the big things that investors like you always come and ask me about is where you find the money, uh, money this, financial problems that. Oh, I can't get started investing in property because uh, my money situation isn't right or I don't know where to find money. Um, So there are so many excuses. So I have got Louise to come on and speak to me today because I want to talk all about money blocks, how to find money, how to be more courageous with it. And I think just have a really, really great money conversation. So I'm very excited. (laughs) So to start off with Louise, let's start with your background. How did you get into uh, being a money coach? Um, I was really bad with money, to be quite <laughs> frank. Um, I'd never had any. I'd, I, as I grew up, I was very much um, a spender. So what I earned, I spent. Um, and But the, it really came to a head in 2000, about 2011, 2012. I accidentally became um, a business owner. And I say accidentally, I just decided to go and train as a personal trainer because I had a pretty crappy job. And just to see what would happen. And as it turned out, it kind of evolved and I I set up a small studio. Um, But during that time, what I realized was that I didn't feel good around money. I didn't like to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd let clients leave without paying. I didn't like, you know, people said, how much do you charge? I'd get like cotton wool mouth, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I felt guilty when I did take their money. And then I used to sort of feel like I had to kind of constantly be giving, giving, giving. And it just didn't feel good. And even though, you know, I, I was making a lot more money than I'd ever perceived that I could. I'd left a job where I was earning £8 an hour in an mm-hmm. office. Um, I'd been a single parent before that um, on benefits and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself in this, running this studio and earning sort of up to £5,000 a month. So I thought, why am I not ecstatically happy? Um, why am I drinking huge amounts of wine every night to, fit, to, you know, to cope with the stress? I was depressed. Um, and I just, I'd made myself believe there was something wrong with me because I'd suffered with depression before. I thought clearly, Louise, you've just got, you know, um, ideas above your station. You should just go back to your office job. And, Mm -hmm. and I can't really remember what it was that made me start thinking that there was something different, but I came across something called sacred money archetype coaching. Mm -hmm. and um, I became a coach in that and that was the first time I realized that money blocks were an actual thing it wasn't just me being useless Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of set me off on another tangent and I ended up doing my NLP coaching and literally it was like somebody gave me a new brain Um, and I had just had this massive revelation I started talking about money and it was really interesting to watch how other business owners reacted to my new conversations Um, and it just became a huge passion of mine where I thought if I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, put everything I've got into running a business that I love, I do want to have a a huge amount of abundance and I want everybody else to have the same. And it became a love 
really and that's that's how I got here amazing oh my gosh I've got so <laughs> many questions okay <laughs> go ahead I love the talk <laughs> let's start what are money blocks and how does it hold people back so money blocks really are just um, sort of a physical manifestation of a subconscious belief system. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've all heard our parents or our friends saying things like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Just be grateful for what you've got. Um, you know, don't be greedy. All those kind of things, you know, uh, don't, you know, don't ask for things. That was something that I got, got brought up with. Don't waste money. We can't afford that. Um, so obviously what I, what I've learned over the last couple of years of, of doing this work is that yes, it manifests in business owners with things like, um, you know, over deliveries so constantly sort of feeling like they've got to earn every penny. So they'll yeah. completely over deliver, they'll undercharge. They've got very few boundaries around their time. So they might give a lot of their time away for free, but particularly as well in this social media world, you know, mm. constantly giving away free content, feeling like they've got to earn it. Um, but, but the other, th- the, the, the biggest story of that is that because money blocks really are just about you and not about money, it tends to be to do with how you feel about yourself. Okay. So it'll be around the expectations that you have for yourself. So one of the ways that I see it manifesting is that so many business people can't dream big because they don't actually believe deep down it's possible for them. Mm-hmm. So They'll think about visions and dreams that are just really just a few steps away from their current reality. And they'll say things like, I just need another few clients. I just want to make ends meet. I just, I just, I just, rather than they wouldn't think about, I don't know, the yacht, you know, in Monte Carlo or, you know, the fast car or the Labutins. Or I'm not saying that's for everybody, but the, the, the whole idea is it's, it really limits their ability to think about a life that's much much bigger than they've got now yeah um it can lead to all kinds of things they play very small in their business um and you know they won't invest uh, or and, and and equally so I've worked with millionaires who can't keep money they earn it and they spend it <laughs> so you know literally to the stage where they've got a business where they've got a job going and they can't get off the, the hamster wheel because they're spending so much they have to keep earning it um and this is where the archetypes come in because each archetype have got has got its kind of own challenges so you've got archetypes that are like that that will just keep spending Mm -hmm. you've got archetypes like the accumulator who are like the scrooge and so they don't want to spend and they limit the growth of their business because they won't invest yeah and then you've got people like the ruler i'm a ruler and we have an inability to sort of turn off we work 24 7 and we keep moving the money goalposts so it's effectively just you know, it manifests in not having a great relationship with money, how you earn it, how much you have, how confident you are to talk about it, mm-hmm. whether it's in a certain, you know, it, whether it's in a charging capacity or saying to your friend, oh, yeah, my next goal is like 10 million. And then they kind of look at you and think you're greedy. Um, and ultimately, what that results in, in my opinion, is quite a limited vision of your future. Yeah, because you wonder exactly how how that can come how how you mm-hmm. can find that um yeah and that can often that's often something that I really experience with my property investors mm-hmm. is they can come to me and they say well I would love to earn I don't know ten thousand pounds a month through property mm-hmm. but never really believing it or never aiming for that property that would be able to give them that 
Absolutely, absolutely, and and it is just I, I kind of liking it to the fact that as we're as we're growing up, as we grow up, and we we're sort of programmed. So effectively, we're like we're robots between the ages of zero and seven, and everything just kind of gets implanted into our brains. Mm-hmm. It's effectively like somebody giving you um, a pair of glasses that that distorts your vision. Yeah, and until we can start working on our mindset and get to the stage where we've got 2020 vision, there is no way we can see a vision of our life like that. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, it's, it, it's just, it's always that sort of thing. Oh, that's okay for somebody else. Um, and that's why, you know, money and mindset is just such a huge topic for yes. me anyway. Yes. And it, and it comes and your money mindset, I find, and this is my own experience, just being reflective now, um, mm-hmm. comes from years of damage around money absolutely I I remember um thinking about actually why didn't I like talking about money why couldn't I make money and I I I do not profess to be an expert here which is why you're here but um (laughs) I remember when I was uh 21 22 first took over a job of head of um asset management for a small firm my boss actually put me in charge of debt collecting on rent arrears Wow. And he would scream at me if I didn't mm-hmm. go and get it. And it made me mm-hmm. very scared about large sums of money, really mm-hmm. scared, because he'd want me to go and knock on doors and collect rent. And I didn't want to do that because I was scared of being shouted at about this amount yeah. of money. And so that mm-hmm. put the fear of God in me about mm-hmm. money. And then what started to happen from there was I didn't like talking about it at all, um, but I would have to be a money savior. For example, my um, my mom had problems with money for a while, so I just clear a credit card for her you know so I didn't Mm -hmm. have to deal with it I didn't have to deal with the stress around it um and so for me reflecting on that that was very like that's not great money habits but it started making money a very scary thing for me and yeah and I'm sure that's what other happens to other people but in different right ways right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just as an example, so I'm one of five children. I've got mm-hmm. a twin sister, and our other brothers and sisters are, you know, quite a lot older than us. And you know, just looking at me and my twin, so obviously we were brought up, you know, at exactly the same time, <laughs> um, by the same parents, obviously, mm-hmm. and we was even in the same classroom until we were about thirteen. So there was nothing. We were literally two peas of a pod. We have very, very different views around money. Mine has changed a lot because I've taught myself to have a a much healthier and loving relationship with money. Um, I find that often money and love are intrinsically linked and um, some people find that money is a lot less, um, it can hurt a lot less and so they'll go for money rather than love. I was always the other way around. I thought Mm -hmm. love was better than money. Mm-hmm. And now I want it all, but that's another story. <laughs> um, so, but you know, it's that whole thing of we don't know how we give meaning to things when we, you know, when we're growing up. Um, but because when my my parents had our other brothers and sisters, they were they were really really quite poor. So mm-hmm. my mum would not eat so that she could feed the three children. Wow. Now my eldest brother um, from that decided that he would never have children because he made that meaning that if you have children, you're going to be poor. And he has gone off and made a very, very good career for himself and is very, very wealthy um, because he was like, I will not be that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas for other people, they will, they will repeat that pattern. And so then you get another generation where they're living, you know, 
well, but not necessarily below the bread line, but certainly not in an, an arena where they can go and have their best life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's so fascinating is that, you know, we, we, we're up until we know different, we're a product of our past. We're a product of, you know, what, what our conditioning was. But the minute we know that, we have the opportunity to then become a product of our consciousness and we can change what we want to have in our life. Yeah. So let's talk about how you start beginning that change because I think a lot of people listening, um, and I do actually have a predominantly male audience, actually. I do have a lot of females that listen, but I also have a lot of males too. Um, And I think for a lot of... um, not everybody, but for a lot of uh, a more male audience, this this kind of comes across as a bit like woo-woo, spiritual, mm-hmm. out there. How is it relevant? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's cross that bridge and make this accessible for everybody. Why mm-hmm. why is it relevant no matter what? Because from my opinion, when you start looking at money, mm-hmm. it's often not, it's often not standalone. There's, there's, there's often other kind of belief systems that are like, in, you know, ingrained in that. So like I said, with my, my uh, older brother, very, very successful, very, very wealthy. Um, and it's, he's got his own sort of meanings around that. So lots of properties, you know, very career orientated. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's how, you, how you feel about yourself making that money. And it's the meaning that you give to money. So if you, as an example, if you believe that money is the route to happiness, I would put a warning on that. I think that money can buy lots of things that can create periods of happiness, but ultimately I don't think it's the, it's the thing. I don't mm-hmm. think, and I think a lot of people that go down that route could find themselves a little bit um, worse to wear, maybe further down the line. But, but mindset is everything. I mean, this is science. This is cognition. This is, you know, that, that's, that's so far removed from woo. And, and there is lots of people talking about that now, mm-hmm. but you know, if we, my belief is that if we can create much more of um, a relaxed conversation around money, so it's not a thing, and we've got lots of people making lots of money, we can make a huge impact in the world, not just in our own lives, but in, you know, in, in what we can give back. And I was listening to, who was talking about this the other day? Dean Graciosi, I think, was talking about this in a podcast um, with Tom Bayou. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, when we make more money and we buy more stuff, whether we're buying houses, cars, furniture, shoes, whatever, we're actually obviously giving back to the economy and providing more jobs. Yeah. And we should be totally okay with that. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, and, you know, if, if money's in the right hands, it can make a massive difference in the world. True. Okay. So what is a positive mindset around my, or, or what's a healthy money mindset what would you say that is I just think where it's not a thing you know I think this is the problem we, we make money a thing so we give it um we give it something like oh will they will they deserve it well that's crap because who who's deciding who deserves what that's there's nobody up there or out there saying well you know Natasha deserves that amount of money Louise deserves that amount of money and mm. that, that's all rubbish um, for me, um, a positive mindset around money is just expecting to have the lifestyle that you want to have and then doing what you need to do to go and make that happen. Yes, because that's, imp- that's important, isn't it? There's, a, there's the doing aspect of it as well. It's not just the mindset, right? Yeah, I mean, I won't go into too much woo. I could, but I won't. Um, but and again, I will, I will, I will um, say that it is all backed by science these days. But I'll, I'll leave that one for another episode, maybe. Um, but you know, ultimately, what's happening is with your mindset. Your mindset is always creating your behaviour, whether you know it or not. 
Mm-hmm. So most people, 95% of the world's population, are what they're creating unconsciously. So they're just creating from the subconscious program that I told you about at the beginning. Yeah. So they're not even aware of what they're doing. What really changes is when you say, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do to go get that. Right, because then yeah. you're going to back that that you're going to back that thought process up with sort of intentional action, and so for me, moving away from um, feeling really overwhelmed by my beliefs around money to feeling empowered around money and expecting to have a lot of it and do good with it, mm-hmm. that didn't happen overnight, and it's and it's still sort of it can still be a work in progress. But I also know that me sitting here, um, you know, doing yoga. And visualizing myself on a yacht, it won't park the yacht outside my front of my house. I've got to actually go out and do something with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish it did work that way, but I, I, haven't, I haven't come across that just yet. <laughs> yeah. Click your fingers. Oh, there's a yacht. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I know, I know a lot of the, of the stuff on YouTube would have you believe that. Um, yeah. And I think that's where I'm sort of bridging that gap. I do believe in alignment and I do believe in making things manifest through the power of our mind. If you've read um, Think and Grow Rich, we all mm-hmm. know that. It's mm-hmm. one of the best books ever. But at the same time, it is taking the action with the positive expectation that you're going to get what you want. Interesting. See, I've not ever heard anybody actually say it in that kind of straight talking way. So you That's do- what I'm known for. <laughs> <laughs> so you... <laughs> Start with the mindset and you go take action. Absolutely. My, for me, mindset is, I mean, that's, that's my, probably my first love, I have to say, is the mindset because it is so incredibly transformational. It has literally turned my life on a 180. Mm-hmm. Um, and without, the, without mastering your psychology, I believe you're limiting yourself um, because you can get, or you, or you can achieve so much more when you decide what's going on in that head of yours. Um, and then, then you're going to be in that awareness where you can say, okay, I can see this path or I know I want A and I know I want to go to B. Mm-hmm. And now what are the action steps that I'm responsible for? Yeah. So the first one is, is obviously not doing that out of a, a, a space of lack. Like, oh, so I said, you know, with a lot of business owners, well, I really need that extra client or I need that. or That's a really bad space to be in energetically. It's not good. Mm-hmm. So it's taking the action, but with the mindset of there is no other option apart from success. Okay. And how do you turn that around though? Because I get it from a lot of business owners or a lot of people, even property investors who property investors are business owners. When you're growing a mm-hmm. property portfolio, that's a business you're building. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you start from that famine really, mm-hmm. because you have yep. to build your, whatever it is that you're building. Um, mm-hmm. and that brings your money. And so it can be so tough. And I know when I was starting business for so the first 12 months, my gosh, my mindset was all over the place it was a bit Mm -hmm. like it was literally like sometimes I'd I'd be up and sometimes I'd be down and I never know Mm -hmm. where I was going with it how do you cultivate that even when you're I guess struggling to see how you're even going to get to that next level well you hire me as a coach that'd be the first thing uh it's a really really good question um it's it's no different to going to the gym and, you know, working with a PT and, and having a program to develop the body you want. It's a consistent workout. Um, so just as an example, I mean, I'm a great believer in NLP and timeline therapy that had a huge impact on my life. 
Um, That was a turnaround point for me. And, you know, and and I I read a huge amount of books and and I still do. And just, it literally is, the the first thing is, is what you go in, what you put in is what you get out. So, you know, looking at all those people that are achieving already and listening to what they're saying and putting some of that into practice. But, you know, ultimately it's when it's becoming aware of the voices in your head don't belong to you. So whatever you're saying, you get a choice which which thoughts that you hold on to or which thoughts do you let go of. And we call it in high performance coaching when we're talking about um, our psychological mastery, like which thoughts will you give weight to and which thoughts will you make important? So we call it the relative weight of importance and duration. Mm-hmm. So people that are suffering with, say, a lot of anxiety, a lot of overwhelm, they're giving a huge amount of weight and attention to thoughts that are not helpful. Yeah. And it sounds very simplistic, but I, I feel confident to say that because I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've suffered with, I suffered with very, very bad depression after I had my children. And, um, and so I've been on both sides. So I know what that's like. And so literally it's becoming aware of when there is thoughts coming in that are not serving you, that are making you say, well, this could fail or what will people say about you or what if this goes wrong? And we've all had that saying that worrying is praying for what you don't want. And so you get a choice in that moment to say, okay, well, that's not actually helping at all. What's the one thing that I can do right now to move me towards my desired outcome? And it might be making a phone call. It might be, you know... um, I don't know. It might, it might just be, it might just be going to speak to a friend and, and, uh, you know, going for a coffee. But there is something that you can do to move you out of that headspace right now. And you just got to practice that over and over again. And I, going back to what you said about your first 12 months in business, um, I'm actually giving a talk this month about um, uh, business owners and mental health. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't master that mindset, it's got the capacity to really destroy you and, and, and make you give up your business. Yes. Yes, it has. I know mm. I know that firsthand. Not that I gave up, but I knew that it got to a point where I was like, look, if you don't get yourself out of this and you don't start being the person you want to be, yep. none of every anything is going to happen. And I, I actually had to get out of my own way, which I didn't yep. understand that phrase for so long. <laughs> Did not understand that. But I was like, yep. right, okay, we will just go on the journey. We're not worrying about the outcome today. Yep. Today you're going yep. to do X, Y, and Z because that outcome will come tomorrow, yeah. a year, t- two years, five years, whenever mm-hmm. that outcome comes. And that was, I had to do that because otherwise I would have just festered. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunately, that's where most people are. I mean, statistically, um, you know, most people are living either sort of a caged life where they just feel that they've got no control mm-hmm. or they're, they're comfortable. And I think, my personal opinion, a lot of comfort is complacency because it's too much effort to create something different. Um, and then there's that 5% of the population that just go, come hell or high water, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I was put here to do or whatever you, know, whatever you, mm. whatever you might say to yourself. And, and it takes a huge amount of strength. But, you know, it, everything that requires effort is, you know, is going to be worth it if you keep doing that. And that's why so few people do succeed because that mindset is something you have to train. It's not... No one's just given that mindset. No one. I don't care what you... I know social media would have you believe that everyone's an overnight success and everyone's really happy working on the beach, you know, and in their hut. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we all know that there's probably been 10 years before that when things have gone wrong or when they've wanted to hide under their duvet or when they were broke or whatever. Mm. 
Um, and you know, that's one of the other reasons why I, why I talk about money so openly because no one goes from zero to millionaire without a lot of work. No, so true. So true. And still, and you keep, you have to keep cultivating that every day. And so even some mm-hmm. days you'll still want to hide under the bed. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, hug and days, I call those. Hug and dars and do they do. <laughs> And I actually think they're very good for the soul, personally. Okay, that's good. So you're not saying don't do that? No, I'm saying they should be scheduled in. <laughs> scheduled in? <laughs> make, make a day for that. Yes, absolutely. So can we talk about some tips to becoming money conscious, but also some real practical tips for anybody who is trying to buy that next property and is thinking oh my gosh where where do I even start with getting financially savvy and feeling good about money and Mm -hmm. actually some real small tweaks that they can make to their lives because I'm thinking naught pounds to say 30,000 I always think as a property investor you need to have 30,000 pounds somewhere in order to be able to buy uh, mm-hmm. property that's a good chunk of money to think about because that will cover everything mm-hmm. that will cover your uh, 25% deposit on a 100 grand property plus all of the kind of other costs that come with that mm-hmm. um so if we think about it from that point of view what practical tips could you give to someone who's feeling completely overwhelmed that they've got zero in the bank and they need to get to that space I love that question and can I just quickly share a very personal story about that yeah. so um 2008 uh me and my husband were blacklisted um he had to give keys back on a property there was a, a and I mean, when I say a big sum of negative equity I mean a big sum of negative equity so wow. we, we we went um blacklisted and so we had nothing we didn't own, we didn't own a home we didn't own a car we had nothing mm-hmm. and there was a, a kind of like an unsaid agreement between us that come hell or high water when that blacklisting was up in six years we would have the money for deposits by a house yeah and so when I talk about intention, I know it sounds a bit wooey, but believe me, this stuff, I nearly swore then, this stuff really works. Because what it is, is such a powerful belief that you literally just make, you make shit happen, basically. Yeah. And, um, and within that six years, um, we, were, uh, we were gifted an unexpected uh, large sum of money, large sum of money. So not only did we put the deposit down on the house, we had a kitchen renewed. We had a £15,000 um, office built at the end of the garden. And we still had £40,000 left in our bank. Wow. In six years. And, yeah. So, and we, it was just, it don't, there was some work there. That was when I first started working as a personal trainer. So, at one point, I was doing two jobs. So, that's the first thing is, like, be prepared to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Don't sit and wait for the genie to come along and give you the, the lamp to rub. Um, you know, if you, if the first thing you can do is just go and have a look at where are you spending unnecessary money now on things that are not, not creating anything better for your future, you know, it sounds silly, but just, you know, gym memberships that you're not using or, you know, any, any kind of, we've got, there's so many people out there that have got direct debits going out that they don't even know about, or Mm. they've forgotten about. You know, that adds up over a period of time. So go sort out, actually look at your finances now and say, where are you wasting stuff that could be put to better use? That was, that's the first thing really. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and have, 
again, it sounds silly, but have a savings plan. So if you don't have a budget right now and you're just spending willy-nilly and, and this future investment is important to you, then have a budget. You know, decide, that's what we, me and my husband, we, when, when we were first blacklisted, we literally, we were, we were in a £2,000 overdraft every month. We never got above zero. Mm-hmm. And logically, there was no way for us to get out of that. But because we decided that that's, that was not going to be our life, we just made, we sort of made things happen. And that's how the, the, you know, the extra job came along. So I think you've got to make it important for yourself as well. And you've got to believe it's possible. You've got to believe that, you know, this might be your current reality, but actually things can change on a sixpence if you make that, if you, you know, if you give yourself that intention. Um, so what? Yeah. So where money isn't currently being being used, and something that was really interesting that I heard on a training earlier this week is, you know, we, we all hear about um, ROI, but what about um, the cost of inaction? So if you don't prioritise um, sorting out your budget, getting an investment, getting a loan, or whatever to have this thirty grand to invest in your future, what might it cost you if you don't do that? Mm. So do you, is it going to impact your family? Will you have less of a pension? Will you be struggling financially when you get older? Will your kids have, you know, do your kids miss out on having a private education? Whatever it is that your motivation is to make that money, you need to make that enough of a driver to say, I'll do what I need to do to to get that 30,000. And obviously get expert help from people like you, clearly. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) definitely. And for property investors, that's often referred to as opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's what is the cost of missing out on that opportunity? Or Mm -hmm. what is it? And that can be something huge. And it also doesn't need to be massive tweaks either. Yep. No, not not at all. And and again, I do. I truly believe that the tweak comes from making new decisions first. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a huge. There's always a fear, isn't there? When we invest, there's always a fear. You know, yeah. as a coach, when people sort of get on a conversation with me and they, then they're looking to invest, and 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 they want me to go, I can absolutely guarantee that in seven months you'll be making a ton load of money. You'll be the master of your mind, and you'll have the most amazing life. Yeah. Well can't guarantee you that because if you don't do the work (laughs) you know there is no guarantee so I remember a coach once saying to me there's two reasons why you're not investing either one you don't trust me and the process that I'm offering but it's more likely that you don't trust yourself to do the work yeah and that was like a slap around the face because she was absolutely right (laughs) I didn't trust from my past experience I didn't trust myself to follow through on what needed to be done to get where I wanted to go yeah. Um, and so, you know, you've got to say, what, if I'm going to make this work, where do I need to change? What, what, what do I need to do to get that investment back? Um, and you make that the decision. I've made two huge investments in my business in the last six months. And my deci- and when I made those decisions, that I was going to do that. My internal head conversation was, I will, I will get that investment back um, within a week. And I did. Wow. I just set the intention. I put the I put the, the ball rolling so that I would um, get that investment back, and uh, because that was just a decision. If I'm going to invest that heavily, I will. Do, I will. This is what I say to my clients: you need to be the person that you need to be to do the things that you need to do to have the things that you want to have. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's a big mindset 
shift as well. Huge mindset shift. It is, because, but it, once you know, once you know that you're not thinking that way, mm-hmm. you now choose to think that way. And it, of course it's hard, but it's just, it, it just depends what you want. And I think if you, if you want things bad enough, um you're you know you'll find a way and there's always that thing people say you know if you if somebody in your family needed that amount of money for a life-saving operation you would find that money yes so why don't you put that same um emphasis on having the most amazing life for yourself right now and go work that money out so make those tweaks cut those things out set a budget um you know get a second job if you need to if it's if in a few years time it's going to reap, reap the rewards I think it's about being prepared to make some sacrifices and not expect it all just to be given to you on a plate yeah well that's it you have to make life changes in order for this to happen but when mm-hmm. you do make those life changes even the small little things add up it, it, it is it's true and then for me it's that it's that the cumulative effects once you've started you know and and you get going and you see the results it gives you a little bit more confidence and you'll take bigger action and then you'll get bigger results and it's like that ever increasing circle but you know i think it's i think it's very naive of us to um expect to experience a massive change without fear we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable um and change our actions to 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 suit our desires yes i love that so we do need to get scared we do need to mm-hmm. feel that fear but we still have to do it you can't let fear hold you back absolutely not I mean I was um I was uh on a course on Tuesday and we were talking about fear so you know ultimately fear is just we don't we don't we're not fearful we're what we're scared of is feeling emotionally uncomfortable so if it means for a year you haven't got money to go out and I don't know go out for dinner every week or go buy yourself clothes every month or whatever Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a loss pain associated with that so what I feel I fear what I might lose and it could be anything from like that night out to you know if I get really funnily enough one of the big things around money is if if I get really rich then my friends won't like me and yeah so people will hold themselves back because their fear of rejection when they get successful it's a huge thing um there's the fear of the process so oh is this going to be really hard for me because I don't really know that if I'm made out for that I don't know if I, I can start looking at my figures and being all like interested in in money because I've n- never done that before mm-hmm. and then there's the fear of what if I do all this and it doesn't work out yeah that's so been, that's my biggest fear <laughs> yeah well we all have that yeah. right even if even if it's like you know going on a date with a you know a, a hot guy and you're you, you know and then you decide okay we're going to go on another date and then at any point you could get dumped mm. but you might as well enjoy it while you're there true <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, final question for you. Yes. Um, how can, as a key takeaway for my listeners, how can you fall in love with this money journey that you inevitably have to now go on for the rest of your life? It's not as if mm-hmm. we can take money out of the equation. Yeah. What can we do to set ourselves up? Okay, so I wrote some notes for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing is that we need, and it's going to sound a little bit counterintuitive, but we need to detach from it being about the money. Um, Because if we make it all about the money, we are so absorbed in it, we can get sidetracked from everything else. And from an an energy point of view, and um, 
you know that slightly more energetic side of it that's a really really nasty energy to be in it's not it's just not good for your physical mental emotional health so I think the first thing is is to not make it all about the money mm-hmm. and, and 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 start to just detach a little bit from it um the second thing is is to not make it a personal thing so don't make money anything to do with you as in you know you're not more or less deserving than somebody else you're not more likely or less likely to have a million pound or a billion pound than somebody else it's money is just paper that's printed in a factory that's it Mm -hmm. i think it's plastic now isn't it but um you know it it could be it could be potatoes for, for and you know for it for somebody else it's just we make it a thing because of that subconscious programming mm-hmm. so we need what we need to see money as doing is money is the money is the the fuel to the fire of that life that you want so if you love traveling if you want private health care if you'd like a pension when you're 60 or 70 because I'm sure we we'd all like that because there mm-hmm. probably won't be one available to us then you know money makes that happen Money gives you the chance to have experiences that you can't have without money. It's, it's, it's really just bringing it down to basics. Yeah. And as you start having that conversation with yourself, you'll start, to hear the, you'll start to hear the counter voice. So he or she might say things like, well, that's just crap. So I encourage my clients to have little conversations with themselves to dig deep into, okay, so what is underlying all that? And mm-hmm. it... It might be, you know, it's not available for people like me or it's too hard or I can't see a way because they're so just trained to see it as you go to job, you go to a job, you work hard, you make money, you come home because that's all that's been you know, created. So we've got to sort of see money as a pathway to something else. Yeah. So and, you know, and if people need to imagine it as potatoes, imagine it's potatoes because it, th- there's so many pictures ingrained in your ingrained in your brain around money um that that every time you think about money these pictures unconsciously are playing around in your head so you kind of need to detach that money is just money simple as that nothing more nothing less um and i think really just about um improving our wealth consciousness so reading books like napoleon hill's think and grow rich you know barbara stanley does some great books for women around money Mm -hmm. um uh, jen sincero um, there's huge amounts of resources on YouTube for raising your wealth consciousness and, um, you know, just, just getting to grips with money and investment and compound interest, all those things. Yeah. Um, I'm much more around the money mindset rather than the actual figures, but it's nonetheless, it's still deciding to just see money as something that facilitates the life that you want to have mm-hmm. and nothing more. Um, and, and I think the last thing on that as well is um, really letting go of any fear because a lot of people don't realise it until they start talking about it. Um, I think we mentioned it before. People don't like to talk about money. No. And we need to be courageously talking about money more and basically not giving a crap if it offends somebody. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because... If, you know, if, if you're making, I'm not saying that you want to go around and be a complete ass and start telling everybody that, you know, you're a bum billionaire because, you know, we're not interested in how much money you're earning. We are interested in you as a person. Yeah. But equally so, if you've had a really good month or if you've just eaten at the most amazing restaurant or if you just bought yourself the most incredible pair of shoes or a new car or whatever, we should really be able to just talk about that like it's normal. 
rather than filtering it depending on who we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting just to, just to share a little story. So uh, a couple of months ago, um, I bought myself a nice little two-seater Mercedes. And um, I was actually really scared to put a picture of it on social media for fear of what my friends and family would say. Wow. So even this far along, because of my history of having been a single parent and da 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 and, you know, all that, well, where did she get that money from? And then I thought, Louise, you teach this stuff, yes. you know, pl- plaster it on social media because that's an inspiration for somebody else who might be where I was to say that you don't ever have to stay in those places. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's a great story. Thank you. Well, thank you, Louise. I'm going to wrap this podcast up. But if anybody wants to find out more about you, where can they go? Um, You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, My website is currently being rebuilt, but it will be at louisecartwright.com. And I'm on Facebook as Louise Cartwright as well. So they're probably the best places to come and find me. Amazing. I'll put the links below as well. Thank you. So thank you, Louise. And thank you, everybody, for coming and listening today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and also give it a rating, a five-star review. And let me know as well what you've enjoyed and what your key takeaways are. And if you want to come over and join my Facebook community, that's Property Investment Mastery, where we discuss everything to do with property investment, you can go to Facebook and type into the search bar Property Investment Mastery or just click on the link that I put below. Thank you so much for coming and joining me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.